Hello, Auburn people, Auburn family. Are you just love Auburn? And even if you're an alumni of Auburn and just want to be a part of Auburn, we welcome you. And uh, today we have such a special, special show. I'm your host, Jason Campbell, former quarterback here at Auburn, uh, working with the Own to Victory Collective here. Hey, but I got a great co-host today, Zach Blackberry, who is the blocked on Auburn guy. So everyone should know this guy. Sure, all the players do. Uh, he does a, such a phenomenal job of covering all sports here at Auburn. And if you want to have updated uh, versions and everything, Zach, I'll let you tell a little bit about yourself before we uh, bring on our special guest. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Pleasure to be here, man. Locked on Auburn is uh, about 25 to 30 minute show every day devoted strictly to, to you know Auburn sports, like you said. So um, excited to uh, to talk to our great guests that we have today and spend a little time with you, man. Hey, I, I'm welcome. Hey, welcome. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. Hey, well, we have a special one today. She's a graduate transfer. Uh, you know, in high school, I was reading up on her, man. She was a blue chip top 25 player in the nation. Uh, you know, so she has a lot of accolades and she comes with, you know, so much she can bring to this program with experience and, and, and everything, especially in the women's tennis program, who I think is just going through the roof right now. And they have some special events coming up soon. So we'll dump, jump into that with her as well. So let's not wait any longer. Let's bring in our special guest, Allie Despain. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. How you me. doing, Allie? It's an honor. I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. good. You know, it's sunny outside and it's not raining. So, you know, guys can get out and play a little golf and, uh, you know, got a chance to participate in the Legends <laughs> Tournament yesterday. So that was awesome. So, Allie, so talk to us a little bit about being a graduate transfer, you know, coming over from Clemson and uh, and coming to Auburn. What's your experience been like so far? Um, So, as I was saying, hopefully, um, I don't know if you guys heard me because of the <laughs> crazy Wi-Fi issues, but it's, you know, it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, I graduated in December and started right up in January and um, never looked back. And, you know, as a student athlete, you're used to that, you know, lifestyle of, you know, the uh, fast pace. And um, that's just how it's been, you know, practice matches every day, every weekend. And I love it. Everyone here has been so incredibly nice and so welcoming. And it's just made it, it's made it so easy um, to jump right in. So I've loved it here so far. Allie, what's the transition been like? I mean, you, you had a great career at Clemson. Then, like we said, you entered the portal. And, and now instead of being a Clemson Tiger, you're an Auburn Tiger. What's that transition been like? Yeah, so um, change is never easy for, for anyone. Um, but as I touched on a little bit, just leaning on my teammates and my coaches and the incredible support staff here at Auburn. Um, it, it, it really hasn't felt like that big of a change just because, you know, it's felt comfortable because everyone has, you know, chipped in and played a, a part in making me feel at home here. So um, while it is a, a huge change, um, it, it hasn't felt that way to be, to be quite honest, which has been awesome. Yeah, I had the experience to to be on Clemson campus back when Auburn played uh, played in Clemson football a couple of years back, and you know there's a lot of similarities when you talk about Clemson and Auburn and uh, and everything. But Ali, talk about you know when did you start playing tennis? Like growing up, when when did you first start putting a tennis club in your hand and 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 got and started just working at it? So I really started playing tennis when I was around like. 10 years old and actually it's a funny story how I got kind of started into <laughs> it um my cousin played collegiate tennis um 
at William and Mary. Mm. Um, but I really didn't like see that much of him. You know, he's from up north, didn't have, you know, that much connection with tennis. But back home, I lived in a more like resort area. I'm from Georgetown, South Carolina, near the beach and the water. Um, So, you know, it was just tennis camps were huge. It was a way for during the summer for parents to be like to drop off their kids and not worry about it. (laughs) Essentially, that's how it started. It was like my daycare. So my parents Uh. could get rid of my brother, sister, and I, like, running, screaming around, causing a mess. So um, that's how it started. I just kind of got thrown into summer tennis camps and um, loved it. Uh, my coaches, you know, told my parents, like, hey, like, your daughter, like, is enjoying it. She's she's picking it up pretty quickly. And I just kind of kept going. And here we are. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Allie, you, you won multiple state championships uh, in South Carolina in, in, in your time there. When was the moment when you realized, like, oh, I'm, like, better than a lot of people at, at this? <laughs> um, I would say probably in, in high school, my freshman year, I, you know, realized, like, hey, like, I'm, you know – playing these huge tournaments and there's college coaches walking around like this is a pretty big deal so I think that's kind of when I when I saw that you know light at the end of the tunnel I was like I'm you know potentially gonna play collegiate tennis at a high level and I don't know it it it, it's just super cool I just remember being at those big tournaments in high school and I was like wow I'm really here (laughs) (laughs) all these people so I think that was kind of when I I um I realized that I was a pretty decent tennis player at that point. Yeah, everyone always has that surreal moment. You know, you feel like, hey, I can do this. Uh, you know, for me, it was going to camps over the summertime. I was from Mississippi, so but I could go to other states and play in, in these camps, and that's kind of where I felt like, okay, I can, you know, compete at a high level with, with a lot of these kids across the nation. So, yeah, I definitely understand that. But, Allie, growing up, we always have, like, this person we watch in our sport, right? Like, for me, it was quarterbacks, certain quarterbacks that I watched growing up. Uh, for you, like, who's that tennis player that you kind of just like and you just like their game and and that you just look at as a as a person that you like, hey, if I could play tennis, I want to be like this person. Yes. Um, obviously, this is on the male side, but I've mm. always just looked up to Roger Federer, yeah. not only because he's an incredible tennis player and he's so smooth out there and so talented, but more than that, more than athletics is the type of person you are and the character that you have. And I've just always admired Roger Federer for how much he goes out of his way for not only his fans, but for people around the world. He started, you know, multiple charities, you know, is always doing community service, always giving back to his community. And I think that's why I've had such a strong connection with him because I really respect him not only as a tennis player, but as a person and the fact that he uses his platform to give back, I think is really special. So that's, awesome. that's, that's who I've always looked up to is Roger Federer. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Allie, you and, uh, you and the rest of your team are, are getting ready to, to head down to the NCAA tournament and Coral Gables for, for regional action. What's kind of the mindset that you're taking down there as well as, uh, as well as the rest of the squad. 
Yes. Yeah, so my team, we always have this joke. It's a business trip. <laughs> so, so that's the way we're looking at it. It's a business trip. And um, we got our Under Armour swag boxes yesterday. And luckily we got some sunglasses in there. So I think we'll be using okay. those in Miami. But <laughs> we're super excited. And, you know, it's, every match is created equal. So it, it's another business trip, another opportunity. And we're ready to go get after it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know the weather's going to be really good in Florida. So, you know, you'll you definitely enjoy yourself. But, you know, as y'all prepare to go do this, uh, talk about your teammates for a second. You know, let everyone know about your team, like, um, you know, all the Auburn family that's out there that's listening to this podcast. You know, a lot of people, they see you playing, but there's always something special about every team. And what's so special about you, about you ladies being together? Yeah, um, I think what's so special about our team is that we all have the same mindset and the same values. So it makes it so easy to have a bond because we're all going after the same dream. Um, we all, you know, work incredibly hard every day. Not a single day goes by where, you know, one person isn't, everyone gives 100% every day and works so incredibly hard and I think that's just what makes it special is that it's it's just easy because we're also we're different but we share like a lot of similarities when it comes to values and mindsets and goals. So that's what's really special about this team is that we're all 100% committed and every day we bring it. So that's awesome. Is that something you guys discuss, you know, maybe throughout the off season and then obviously through the season or is that just the kind of uh type of athlete that this program's attracting right now? I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. think, you know, to play for this program, those are that's what's demanded. Um, but also we hold each other to an incredibly high standard and um, and it's not in a bad it's not in a bad way, but we all like keep hold each other accountable. If someone's not, you know, doing what they need to do you know, it's not from a place of like, oh, like disappointment and anger. It's like, hey, like, let's pick up the level like we can do this. So I think it, you know, it is a little bit of both. And, you know, it's really special as well, because we have that leadership on our team. And it doesn't matter, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, every single person holds each other accountable to an incredibly high standard, as well as our coaches. So it just it works really well for us. Yeah, that accountability and discipline is always a key to success, you know, and uh, you, you, you're doing a great job. Your leadership is well recommended and, you know, uh, all your teammates talk highly about you. Your coach talks highly about you. Now we're going to transition a little bit because I know your time is limited. We wouldn't be very valuable at that. So, Ali, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how NIL helps and how NIL has kind of changed the platform in college sports? Yeah, so I was actually I'm not very TikTok savvy, but <laughs> I was um, watching a TikTok the other day um, about, you know, this this lady who, former collegiate athlete and is now a mom, and she's like, being a mom is so much easier than being a student athlete. You know, yeah. I, I get to wake up at 5 a.m. and not lift, but go, you know, cuddle with my baby. And you know, people just don't realize how demanding it is. It is a job. It's a full-time job, and we love it. But, you know, NIL just really plays a 
a huge role in that because now student athletes are are being treated like it is it is the job that it is you know we're able to reap the benefits of all the hard work and the time and the effort that we put in and I think it's just an it's an incredible thing and an incredible opportunity for student athletes to take advantage of and grow their brand and um you know I think it's it's all new but it's I think there's a lot of of great benefits from NIL yeah, that's like I said, it, it is. And the people need to hear those great stories of how it helps out, you know, because a lot of people just say, oh, athletes just want money. No, a lot of kids are in certain situations and, and it actually helps them. And that's like you said, it is a job because you have to go to class. You know, then you have to find time to go out and practice and perform at a high level, the pressure of winning uh, and everything. So many things you have to carry on your back when you're a student athlete. Uh, that a lot of people don't realize, but now you have an opportunity to be rewarded for for a lot of your hard work. So, Ali, before we let you out of here, and uh, I see if Zach got one more thing for you afterwards, but we always do this rapid fire five questions uh, where we try to let people know our athletes, like get to know them. So it's just really quick questions. You can give a really quick answer, and then once you're done, we'll check in with Zach, and then we'll let you get back to – having listened to some nice music when we was talking to you earlier though know, you know we was missing that zach you know yeah, I, I think we interrupted a jam session jason yeah we interrupted a what jam we did. session you know, i don't know where she was at but it, it was jamming i know that tropical smoothie <laughs> gotcha. nice 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 all right Alan, let's get started so what is your favorite food to eat tonight before a big competition mm, steak Nice. <laughs> Ooh, steak. Nice. Okay. Okay. How's it cooked, Allie? How do you get it cooked? Uh, medium rare. <laughs> oh, steak sauce or no, no steak sauce? No steak sauce. Okay. There you that go. sounds like a solid <laughs> steak, Allie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you do to calm your butterflies before you, before competition? Um, listen to music. I love to listen to christian music to kind of just relax me and give me perspective and you know remind me that i you know i can't do this on my own all right love that awesome love it love it love it so approximately how many hours do you do you practice a day um it varies on the day but anywhere from three to four hours nice nice where is your favorite place to eat at in auburn Ooh. I love McAllister's and I love Panera. Mm. McAllister's Panera. So she likes sandwiches. Sandwiches. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I hear, I hear Something she likes quick. sandwiches. So nice, nice, nice. So last one. People want to know what are you studying in Auburn as a graduate? And what do you plan to do once your tennis days are over? Yes. Yeah, so right now, um, my master's program is administration. So it's a lot of um, people in leadership roles and higher education. And I would love to be a sideline reporter and get into the broadcasting world. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, we need to talk because I used to do it in New York for CBS and then I did it in Washington for NBC. And now I'll be calling the games on Saturdays for uh, Auburn football. So, uh, you know, I know a little bit about the transition and the process. So. Just let JJ know and, you know, try to help introduce you to some people just to kind of, you know, get you started in the right direction. 
That would be awesome. It sounds like you just have a little, a wee bit of knowledge on 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 the subject. Who knows? <laughs> just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, little I've been, bit. I've been, I've been around for a little while, but like I said, it's all about personality. It's all about being yourself, having fun, and just the knowledge of the game. Because, like I said, no one knows it more than someone that's actually participated. And like I said, what you're doing in women's tennis, all the knowledge you soaked up throughout the years, but also, you know, from the education aspect as well so you put the two together and it just makes you a bright star so you know we look forward to you know seeing what you continue to do in your future we're following you like i said ali you continue to be the great person that you are and uh, i love how you mentioned that you listen to christian music to help calm you down and everything and uh so you know i can tell right now that you're a great great inspiration a great person so uh we're lucky to have you here at auburn zach anything you like to say Nope, nope. Allie, best of luck to you and um, you and your team as you guys head down to Florida. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. It was I really fun it. this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, tell your teammates, uh, y'all wish y'all the best this week. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Zach, that was a... Uh, a great segment uh, with a young lady, um, you know, just talking about all the things that how she transitioned from Clemson to right. Auburn, you know, how, how I run it two tigers, you know, and uh, I know it. Almost, I know it. she must really like tigers <laughs> or big cats yeah, with stripes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And almost similar, you know, similar colors. You know, you just take the That's purple right. out and mix it with some blue. But, That's right. Uh, That's right. She lost the lake in the process evidently, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, it, it seems like it's a great fit here and, I can tell just by, you know, the little bit talking to her this morning, Jason, I'm sure you'll agree, like, personality-wise, like, I see why she fits in and, and is enjoying her time at Auburn. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like I said, you can tell from her leadership, she talked about accountability. You yeah. know, she talked about, you know, them working together as a team and not being afraid to to say something to one another because they're trying to reach a certain goal. And that's what we have to get back to, even in our football program, is that leadership. You know, guys being able to step into those roles, but understanding, right. like, those roles carry weight. You know, you have to be not just a person that just talk, but a person about the action. You know, people need to see it. Your teammates need to see the work that you put in. And I can tell that she's definitely doing it. And like I said, she's been doing it for so long, even she's in high school, being a blue chip mm-hmm. recruit and, uh, you know, being highly touted even at Clemson. And, you know, those things didn't come easy. You know, she's, she's, she works at it. So, um, you know, definitely, I think they're going to go down to Florida and have a good showing and, you know, Auburn's got a lot of good things going on right now. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. yeah golf, you know, golf is hosting the regionals. You know, mm-hmm. people didn't know that uh, golf is hosting the regionals this month. So at the, so if you want to get down to Auburn and support the golf team as well, you have that going on. Like I said, basketball is out right now and recruiting, you know, getting a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Football is getting a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Um, so there's a lot of things on the up and up. The question team, you know, just just finished second nationally. Played for but, Natty, uh, right? Yeah, but you know they won six national championships. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, baseball just went two out of three on the road against the number three team in all of college country. baseball. Yeah, yeah, I mean, going to beat South Carolina like a huge mm-hmm. deal. So and they got an LSU coming up this weekend, which is going to be a big deal. So right. baseball is all about getting hot at the right time. Last year, Ole Miss got hot and went all the way through. You yeah. know, and, and everything. So you just never know. I know our pitching hasn't been what it's been in the past. 
uh, because we lost five guys last year and went to the draft. But, you know, it's all about getting hot and believing in hit and believing in, in hitting, you know, confidence when you step up to that plate. So this team yeah. could catch hot, catch fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to see some national analysts say, hey, watch out for Auburn. And right. if, if if they can get Joseph Gonzalez back on the mound in the next few weeks before, you know, it really all starts to heat up and matter. I, Auburn could be a scary team. There's no doubt right. about it. Well, it'll be a team in the SEC that they wouldn't want to, other teams wouldn't want to play. No question. You know, because because of what they just did to South Carolina. And they right. actually, you know, played Mississippi State pretty good. But uh, but that's another powerhouse baseball team. So, you know, leave it up to Butch. We'll always be in the fight. So, you know, it's one thing. He I knows know what he's doing. Yeah. You know what he's doing. So, next, our guest, people, you may not know him. Name is JJ, works for the collective here at Auburn. Uh, you know, outstanding guy, you know, puts in a lot of work with these young people. Uh, trying to you know keep up with them and make sure they're doing their requirements, make sure they're where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there to make sure that we're meeting all the standards that Auburn has to meet in order to make everything uh, flow the way that it does with our student athletes. So he's the man uh, behind the mic sometimes. And, uh, you know, we're going to get him on here pretty soon. Uh, he used to have long hair and they used to have this long beard. And then last time I saw him, he was baby face. And, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what we're going to see today. You know, Zach, I don't know. How, how well do you know J.J.? What are we going to see today? I don't know if I've ever actually seen J.J. We've talked on the phone a handful of times and we text a good bit, but I actually don't know if I've ever seen him face-to-face now that you mention him. See, I told you he's always the mask man behind the magic. You That's know, right. <laughs> no one ever sees this guy. That's you know, right. That's right. I, but, yeah. but, but he's responsible for getting everything done, which is right. super he's important. responsible for making sure the kids are where they're supposed to be. And when they're supposed to be there mm-hmm. and we're going to bring him on. He's also part of the, the lacrosse program. So we'll let him talk a little bit about lacrosse and how did he get into lacrosse. So we're not going to wait any longer. We're going to bring the man behind the magic. JJ. JJ, what's happening, brother? What's up, guys? How are we? Hey, man, how does it feel to actually be in a seat now as an athlete, even though you're a former athlete and now you're getting interviewed by you know, my man Zach and myself, and you know, you're a star, man. You you're the mask behind a lot of things that goes on with the NIL program that a lot of people don't know. Can you just let the people know what it is that you do? Well, I heard Zach say he's never seen my face before. <laughs> Probably a lot of our athletes feel that same way because I'm constantly just texting them, calling them, uh, letting them know where they need to be, when they need to be there. But uh it's been a great experience. It's uh Every day is different. Every day is a new challenge. I likened it to, uh, recently to basically it's like being part of a startup company. You know, it's uh, nobody really knows uh, what the next day is going to bring. And uh, so you're always on your toes trying to figure out uh, the good next steps. And, and you're always trying to be a pioneer in this. And, and it's kind of an arms race as we go against other schools. Yeah. JJ, as far as, you know, I mean, this NIL space, it's big, it's huge, but like you said, you know, kind of comparing it to a startup, it's new and and it's ever changing. And it seems like every time the NCAA kind of meets, there's new things coming out that you guys have to adapt to. What's that kind of like, just as far as like rolling with the punches and trying to figure out exactly what this space is going to look like once things settle down? That's it, man. You got to roll with the punches. You got to be. It's uh, you could be working on a project and working on something, you know, for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden NCAA guidelines come in and change it all up. And you, know, you, you pretty much wasted uh, a couple of weeks worth of work. But 
you know, like I said, it's been exciting. It's been fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I have a background in sports and coaching. And so being able to work with student athletes has kind of been my passion um, the whole time. And so working, getting to work with all varieties of student athletes is, has been really cool. Yeah, JJ, NIL has changed the college platform. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really like taking it by storm and, you know, most for good. And then some, you know, depending on if you're dealing with agents or different things can sometimes become a little cloudy. But talk about just the experience of, you know, being in your position. You know, we have over 20 some sports on campus and you have to monitor a lot of student athletes. And and everyone knows every kid is different. You know, some kids you have to call three times. Some kids you can call one time. Some kids you text one time. Some got text ten times. But uh, just talk about what you've seen from NIL. How it's helped some of the student athletes. Yeah, so I'll I'll talk a little bit of what I do and what my responsibilities are, and then and then jump into that. So, you know, basically when we contract any of these athletes, they've got a list of things that they need to fulfill, um, and then based on whether or not they complete those is how we can pay them. Cause again, pay for play is, uh, is, is not, not legal right now. Right. So, you know, I think that's a uh, misunderstood part of this is everybody thinks we're just paying the athletes for being athletes, but really everything that we pay them for has to revolve around their name, their image, their likeness. So it's autographs, it's personal appearances, it's podcasts, it's media interviews, um, you know, so everything that they do is around that. And so really, if they don't complete something that they are contracted to do, we can't legally pay them. We have to um, we have to make sure that if the NCAA comes calling and wants to check up on us, that we've crossed our T's and dotted our I's and everything that they've done. Um, that we've paid them for and we have evidence of it. So that's part of my job too, is collecting evidence, whether they do a social media post, we have to have a screenshot of it and we file it away. If they're at a personal appearance, we're getting a picture of them there. Um, if they're doing a media interview, we're, we're getting a copy of the episode and it's, um, it's, it's a lot. You have to definitely be organized and, um, you know, I have a little bit of OCD attached to me. Anybody that, uh, <laughs> knows that. So it, it was kind of a perfect fit for me um, in regards to, you know, again, just having a background and being able to talk and relate to athletes, um, but also being super organized. And so it's, it's been fun. How many athletes are you dealing with on a regular basis? <sighs> Shoot on a rate. I mean, it changes pretty routinely, but we've been up to like 150 athletes at one time. Mm. So I'm I'm tracking all of it and making sure that by the time their contract ends that they've they've done everything that they need to do. Now I do have some help. We've got some some little gophers around in the <laughs> background. We've had some interns come in, and so they help me a lot. And and um, yeah, been very thankful for them. Yeah, like I say, you have to do this as a team. Uh, you know, there's no way in the world you can monitor all these athletes without a whole team. Like I have my responsibilities within the NIL, uh, with talking with players and making sure they do what they're supposed to do, but also talking with parents and agents and and then getting out and trying to help, you know, tell people about the collective and about how to get involved with NIL and 
you know, what it stands for, what it means and, 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 you know, pretty much tell it from a side of an athlete, you know, to people that kind of don't understand what's happening. But like JJ was saying, it's not pay for play, but like I tell all the guys and, and ladies is, Hey, if you perform well, that helps your name image and lightness grow, you know, because you're in a position where you're playing on TV. You're in a position where people are listening to the radio and they're hearing your name being called for making certain plays in the games and different things. I said that helps your name image and lightness. I said, so, you know, it is you do need to work extremely hard to put yourself in the best position. You know, you talk about. You know, the two ladies that are in the NCAA tournament, Caitlin from Iowa and then Angel from LSU, like both of their NIL numbers have gone through the roof since the national championship game. Why did that happen? Because the platform that they was on and how they perform. And, you know, they perform at such a high level and 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 everything. They competed in a national championship game, which so many people watched. It brought a lot of attention to their name, image, and likeness, which has now made a lot of, and it's not just what a lot of people get mistaken, JJ and Zach is, they think the collective is the only way they make money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not true. You know, you can make money through the collective, but the collective has a budget. You know, the money that comes into the collective, we have to be good stewards of it or where it goes and, and how it's managed because it's not free falling money. It's not the NFL where there's TV contracts and stuff that you're receiving so much money to go into this budget. No, these are hardworking Auburn people that just love Auburn and they don't get a tax write off for this. So when they give, they're just giving because they love Auburn. And on top of that is as an athlete, you can go outside and get other deals. You can go out and get other companies to give deals. When Bo Nix was here, he had a Milo's deal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a lot of these, when everyone talks about, oh, Bryce Young was making a million some dollars at Alabama. No, Alabama wasn't paying his, their collective wasn't paying him a million dollars. You know, Dr. Dr. Pepper was paying him a million dollars. You know, so that's where people have to understand and even parents have to understand. Your collectives don't have, you know, to be paying a kid a million dollars. That are big time companies, big time platforms that they're usually they go get a professional athlete that they bring in and pay that professional athlete to to go out and endorse their company but now they see how big college football is college basketball even the women's game has taken off to new levels so now they're going out and they say hey you know what i don't always have to go over here and deal with the ego sometime of a professional athlete i can go over here and grab one of these college kids and get them to endorse what we're trying to do and we'll pay them nil money for them to show up and and do a do something for it but at the same time that's where most of the big deals come from is outside of the collectives and uh and the more that people continue to understand that that i think it takes a lot of pressure off collectives at every university and to your point jason in a, in a town like auburn where there is no professional team mm -hmm. right local businesses see the college athletes as as the professional guys right All right you know, we just we helped um, Proctor deal with Baumhauer's to sign the entire offensive line. And so now mm -hmm. they go in there and eat for free, um, you know, once a week. And in in return, they have to post a social media post about it. Right. So now, you know, they're getting they're getting this they're getting a reward for a service surrounded by their name, image and likeness. So as long as they're making those posts all that is in good standing with the NCAA. Oh. My job is to make sure that they're actually posted about it. JJ, you mentioned earlier some players you've got to text, you know, a few times to, to get it. How many times do you think you would have had to text Jason if NIL <laughs> was around when he was here? 
you know, Jason, over the last couple months, um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see 2002, 2003 Jason. <laughs> what, level, what level of commitment and maturity he had. But I tell you what, right now, the way he talks to these guys, especially the football guys, you know, if somebody's non-responsive, especially on the football side, I'll just shoot Jason a text and be like, hey, I need your help with this one. And uh, usually I get a call back pretty soon. And, you know, it, it. yes, some of them I do need to text a couple times. But let's be honest, as soon as I throw in there, hey, man, if you don't show up to this thing, I can't pay you. They're calling back pretty quick. Uh, they always say you want to get someone's attention start affecting their pocketbook. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But these the thing about it, too, is what a lot of people don't understand, Zach, is we're also trying to educate these kids about finances. You know, we're not just trying to just pay them money. And then all of a sudden you throw an 18 to 22 year old kid some money and just say, hey, here you go. You know, go out and do what you do. Sure. But we try to educate them. We try to put a platform in front of them like they can have their taxes withheld out of each check by our collective. So that, that way, at the end of the year, they don't have to worry about their taxes getting paid. You know, they don't have to worry about, oh, did I save up my money enough to go back and pay my taxes? So we withhold taxes if they allow us. You know, you can't do it by law. Uh, they have to sign off on it out of them or their parents. And, you know, 98 percent of our kids participate in that. Uh, you know, sometimes you have a kid or two that doesn't. But then here you come with that story again at the end of the year. Like, hey, I told you at the beginning of the year, JJ has told you, Brett has told you to allow us to withhold your taxes. I said, guys, there's no running from taxes. Either you're going to pay them in the front end or you're going to pay them in the back end. But if you're going to pay them in the back end, you better be disciplined enough to to put that money up. And while you're still trying to learn how to deal with money, you should allow it to come out in the front end. So you take that pressure off yourself. Uh, The other aspect of it is last week, we just had a class uh, for the kids where we had a financial advisor come on. You know, uh, Ronnie played, Ronnie played at Auburn, played in the NFL, has gone on to get his degree. And now he's, you know, he's a financial advisor. So he's just telling the kids what it's like to be in our shoes of an athlete, but then also how to be weary and leery about people that's coming at you. You know, if people trying to come at you to get something from you, or are they trying to be there to help you? You know, there's a difference. Yeah. And then we also had on, you know, uh, Ned, 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 uh, who does our, JJ, who does yeah. our, um, he's one of our board members. He's a retired CPA. Right. His son has followed in his footsteps. So we mm-hmm on there and talked about taxes and here's the thing we can we this was part of their contract all the student athletes they had to attend this so here you are again you know it's not just about giving these kids money we're trying to educate them and so we put the development seminar in their contract and, and the entire football team uh that is signed with us had to be in attendance and so that was part of their stuff. And so I think that I think it was very informative. I actually learned a bunch, um, you know, on, from my side. But it's uh, it, it, we can only lead the horses to water. Right. We can't make them drink. And so right. as, as long as we do that in good faith, I think we're we're doing our job. Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, that's that's the thing about the whole NIL experience is it is an experience, you know, it's not just, you just getting paid because like I tell these kids, you have pretty much four years to get NIL at Auburn. And then after these four years, 
some of you have an opportunity to go and play in the National Football League or some of you have to go ahead go to pro golf or pro tennis, whatever your sport is. But most and majority of you are not going to have that opportunity. And we need to prepare you as you get ready to go into the real world where you start to understand about taxes. You start to understand how finances flow. And like I've told some of the players on the football team, unfortunately, that this may be the most that some of you make until about 10 years from now, yeah, you know, and, and that's just being reality because when you start a normal job, sometimes you got to work your way up before you can reach certain levels. And unfortunately, a lot of these kids have been patted on the back, told how great they are, how, you know, they're the best thing since sliced bread and all those different things. But then when they get done and reality sets in and no one's calling them all the time, no one's saying, Hey man, great game on Saturday or, Great game Tuesday night. I like the dunk or the, the, the jump shot that you hit to win the game. Like no one's saying it and no one's knocking at your door trying to offer you deals anymore. Now you're in the real world. You have to go out and apply yourself. That's why education comes in. And that's why we encourage these kids to graduate, to get your degree, because now that's where that feeds into the into it, where now you got to get the job. You already got your degree. You don't have to go back to school to finish it. You have it. And then you can understand how to move forward at that standpoint but you have a chance right now to save your money as much as you can so when you leave college you have a nest egg that you can go and pull from if you ever become into a need situation where you're trying to grow in your workplace so that's been a lot of things that we've been trying to hone in i've been trying to hone this in on these kids as much as possible but like jj said some of them here some of them don't some of them still want to go buy a expensive car some of them still want to go you know, and, and put it somewhere where it shouldn't be. And you, and then you have to understand that, hey, five years from now, you're going to come back and say, dang, man, I should have listened. Mm-hmm. You know, we hope that number is very limited, Yeah. you know, more so than not uh, and everything. So, you know, it's definitely a full-time gig trying to make sure that we, these kids are understanding and, and managing this aspect of it. So we're trying to put people in front of them that they need to hear from, that they can grow. And uh, like I said, all you subscribers and, and people, we thank you for what you do for the Own to Victory. Like I said, we try to be the best stewards of the money that we can possibly be at our collective. We try to make sure that the kids are doing what they're supposed to do. But we also try to make sure that they're responsible. And uh, when they leave Auburn, that they're better than what they came before they came to Auburn. Yeah. Well, we've got guys like Zach, too. You know, we talked about other deals. You know, I, I know Zach. Mm-hmm deals with guys and, and they come on weekly or bi-weekly on his show. And, um, and so that's, that's the great part about this is you talked about, we're not, we're not the only form of income for these kids. We're definitely trying to help push this out as much as we can and get them as many deals as they can while understanding that there's a balance there, right? They're still full-time students. They're still full-time athletes. Um, and so they've got to make sure that their bandwidth can be stretched that far um, and be able to fulfill all the commitments that they're agreeing to while keeping good grades, working hard, and doing all that. So. Yeah, and on the other side of it, I mean, it seems like it's pretty good experience, and I think they enjoy doing it. And, you know, I, I, like, like you said, I've had a few deals. Chandler Wooten came on my show yeah. every week, um, his final year here. Uh, John Samuel Shanker was uh was, was my football player last year that came on zep jaspers come on every week for the last uh his two years while he was at auburn and then jason jones we just kind of signed him locked on auburn just signed him for the remainder of the season so um yeah it's been cool to work with these guys and kind of 
you know, they take it really seriously, which, which is, which is pretty cool. And when, when you enter with a deal with somebody and somebody kind of wants to use you for whatever service it may be in life, whether, whenever they're done playing, I think it's a good, I think it's good experience for them. Well, that's what we've told them too. We try to educate them that like, okay, you're going on lockdown or locked on Auburn. You need to be excited. You need to be presentable, brush your hair, you know, get the eye boogers out of your eyes, you know, like (laughs) this is a job interview. Right. Yeah. People right. look at this and they want you, you want them to look at you and say, man, I want to invest in that kid. He's got something. And, you know, if they show up and they look like they can't be bothered, then nobody, then the deals aren't going to come. So we try to educate mm-hmm. them that on that as well, for sure. sure. Well, yeah, Auburn people, you've heard all about the collective and how it operates and, you know, all the things that go on behind it is so much more than just a kid getting money and so much more than just, you know, someone just giving money. You know, everyone wants to know. It's kind of like any investment. You want to know where it's going and how it operates. And like I said, we're here to, to let you let you know uh, how everything flows. Like I said, you just heard from Allie earlier, you know, a great women's tennis player, you know, who's such an exceptional person. And, you know, you, you see the excitement that came to her eyes, you know, about the opportunities that NIL has presented for her, you know, to get her as a graduate transfer from Clemson uh, to come here. Now they're in the regionals for, for women's tennis. Like, you know, in order to be in the fight, we got to be able to compete. And, you know, like NIL is not going anywhere. And that's the thing, uh, you know, maybe there may be some parameters that may come on this, you know, sooner than later. But, you know, NIL is here for a long time. And so we have to find a way to continue to stay involved, stay in, uh, find a way to continue to, to be elite in the SEC, to compete for championships and uh, and not just football, but in all our sports and uh, and everything. And, and we understand how it all flows. So, like I said, it, we can't stand on the sideline and, and complain if we're not getting involved. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the thing. That's it. Love it or hate it. You know, you got to understand that that other school across the state is uh, is is doing it as well. And so if we want to keep up and surpass them, you know, we've got it. We got to keep moving forward. So we appreciate all the uh, the donations and everybody getting involved and working with these kids. And I'm telling you, like, we can't do enough good pieces. to just give the background of what some of these kids are going through and what this money means to them. Uh, but being, being in the, in the background and kind of hearing great stories, you guys are doing awesome, awesome work for these kids. And uh, I know that they appreciate it in, in more ways than they can express. Yeah. So appreciate you, JJ coming on. And yep. everyone got a chance to see who JJ is. JJ, you deal with lacrosse. Tell everybody a little bit about your lacrosse real quick. Well, what do you do with lacrosse? So I I played lacrosse here from 2005 to 2009, and it was kind of just a decision for me to – I'd grown up an Auburn fan, and I got recruited by some Division two, Division three schools, but they were really smaller than my high school. And so when I found out that Auburn had a club team, I was excited to join that. And then uh, after I graduated and moved back to Atlanta and coached at Georgia Tech for a couple of years as an assistant – we got the offer to be the head coach uh, down here at Auburn. And so uh, my wife graciously agreed to uh, to join me. And so we've been doing that for six years. Uh, we just finished our sixth season here. And so it's, uh, it's again, been fulfilling. I love, I love coaching. I love working with student athletes. And then to be able to do it at my alma mater is just, uh, it's storybook stuff. So 
I've really enjoyed it and, and, you know, it's kind of just come full circle for me. Like they always say you love Auburn, Auburn will love you back. So, you know, that's, this is the great story of another example right there. So Auburn people stay tuned for our next guest. You won't want to miss this guy coming out of spring football, six, three, six, four receiver. Uh, it was a freshman last season, had a couple of catches, but looking for a dynamic season this year on the Coach Freeze offense and Coach Montgomery. So, you know, you may not want to miss. Stay tuned and find out who it is. I'll give you a little hint. He used to wear 17, but he just switched his number. War Eagle, this is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. All right, Zach, we just heard from JJ, the myth behind the scene, the man. What a great dude. Yeah, yeah, JJ's awesome, man. Like I said, we have some great people, man, that's involved with this uh, on, on to Victory Collective. Like I said, it started out with seven, you know, seven big, big time people here at Auburn, graduates all from Auburn. And, uh, you know, they got the collective together and, you know, yeah. they all put money up uh, to support these kids and neither one of them reached benefits off of it. Uh, this is to get our collective going to make us competitive and everything. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a great experience and it's continuing to grow day by day and even get better and have a better understanding, you know, uh, yeah. of what's taking place. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, so, you know, it's, it's thing we got to adapt to. That's right. That's right. And so now um, now that spring is behind us, Jason, I, I kind of want to know your thoughts, if you don't mind, for a second. What uh, what stood out to you as far <clears> as you've been able to watch practices? You know, Hugh Freeze's first uh, first spring on the Plains. What stood out to you about, you know, I guess the last few months? Yeah, I'll tell you what stood out, man. I got strangled there for a second. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sounds like that golf course wore you out yesterday. Huh? Man, that golf course, that piling and everything. I'm like, geez, you know, walking yeah. 18 holes. I was like, wow. But man, I tell you, it was brutal. I haven't walked 18 holes and I don't know when. And we was playing at each lake. So, you know, everyone knows that's the final PGA Tour of the year. Yeah, that they have in Atlanta. So it's beautiful. Mm. I've been out there a few times. It's awesome. Yeah, so I'm sore this morning. I'm just like, man, how do you walk this four days in a row and play? Those guys are in such good shape. People don't realize it. Gosh, man, I was just like, jeez. But yeah, yeah. Going back to spring football, I tell you what, I couldn't be more proud of this offensive line that we have. We haven't seen an offensive line like this probably since 2017, mm -hmm. uh, the year that Auburn went to the SEC championship. Um, when you think about the guys who they brought in in the portal, and Dylan Wade, who was with Coach Montgomery at Tulsa, you know, Gunnar Britton, Western Kentucky, you know, they threw the ball a lot, so he's used to pass protection. Yeah. Uh, you also get Too Tall Miller, one of the top Juco recruits in the nation at offensive tackle. Uh, you, you look inside, and you, you still got Tate Johnson, who got some experience here last year, you know, that's now getting even more experience at, like, the right guard situation. You have right. – uh, Connor Lou, the high school kid out of Kennesaw, uh, who stepped in, and they say his IQ is so high, and uh, he's able to adapt and pick up on things that most time you have to redshirt freshman lineman, but this guy's not going to be redshirt. He's he's stepping up, and then you have Avery Jones, you know the the, the center from ECU uh, that's you know was committed to go to Illinois, and he ended up coming to Auburn. Like he has been a great upgrade at that center position because he's almost like the 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 centerpiece 
other than the quarterback, of making sure everyone's on the same page when it comes to the offensive line. You know, make sure guys are getting yeah. off the ball and getting to their blocks and, and make sure they're pointing to they point to. So I was very impressed with what I seen in the spring game because we couldn't throw the ball because of the rain. But uh, you always want to see if your offensive line can get pushed. And I thought our offensive line did a really good job of getting pushed up front. It, there wasn't a lot of false starts. It wasn't balls on the ground, and that was in terrible conditions. So yeah. I'm excited to see what this offensive line could do. That was my most impressive part about spring. Yeah, something that stood out to me about the offensive line, I want your thoughts on this, Jason, is it seems like every spring for the last, gosh, last decade at Auburn, mm-hmm. it's, we've seen – a lot of like mixing and matching across the offensive line where, you know, okay, one day, you know, somebody will be at tackle and the next day they'll be at guard and, you know, you just try all these different things. Well, with the three transfers that were brought in with Wade Jones and Britain, those two guys were at tackle and Jones were at center and like they didn't move. You, you saw some pieces change at the guard spots with Jeremiah, Wright And, and you mentioned Tate Johnson and Connor Lou and you and Cam Stutz even, you yeah. saw those guys rotating out, but like the tackles in the center, they didn't change at all. They were very consistent. So very little mixing right. and matching this spring. I personally love that. What are your thoughts? Oh, most definitely. That builds consistency. You know, yeah. like I said, I forgot all about Cam Stutz. You know, a guy that's been here at Auburn and has gotten some experience. And now he's stepping up in that situation where he's at right now. And I think that's valuable. But it's like you said, you talk about the guys that they brought in that they didn't play around and just say, hey, let's put him at guard. Let's put him over here and see how he does. Like, no, you got to let a kid know exactly where he's supposed to be playing. Mm. And so he can start to study himself and start to study his his playbook and understand what it is that he needs to do. That. But a lot of that happened to those that because there was never depth at that position. Sure. We was always just one guy away from being a, a bad old line because we couldn't plug and play. And I think with this group, what you do is now you have a, a, a starting five that are solid, but then you also have another four guys behind them that you can plug and play. You know, like two tall Miller can come in and, and, and start at tackle if one of our guys got got knocked on wood, got hurt or something, or he can come in and start at guard. Uh, you know, Dylan can play left tackle and right tackle. Gunner can play right tackle and left tackle. So they can plug and play when need to be. But they don't have to because we have depth now. And yeah. I think that's the key about when you're building the offensive line is having that depth because it is a long football season and uh, and everything. So I definitely feel like this team is built now, what they're trying to understand from the inside out, which is how football should always be. It doesn't matter who you put at quarterback. It doesn't matter who you put at receiver. If the ball can't get there, they can't get protected, it's not going to matter until you get the inside taken care of. And that's where they started at with this football team. Yeah. And then Jason, on the other side of the ball, like the defensive line looked pretty similar, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you pretty much saw the same guys and then maybe some more guys rotating in. The defensive backfield looks pretty similar. Linebacker, Jason, Mm -hmm. bunch of rotation happening at linebacker. Those two guys that are consistently be on the field because nickel is the new base. Who's kind of standing out to you at the linebacker spot after spring? I tell you, getting Austin Keys over from Ole Miss was a big get. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's a he's a thumper. You know, he's a guy that can – he loves to hit. He, he doesn't shy away from contact. Uh, I think he's a guy that can run sideline to sideline and play that Mike linebacker position. You need that. Uh, I think especially losing guys that we lost, Owen, who's an experienced guy at that position, you know, and and everything. So you need an experienced guy. And he comes over from Ole Miss with, with valuable experience. 
Uh, Wesley Steiner has really stepped up this spring. Uh, yeah. Wesley Wesley really took it to another level of uh, understanding uh, what to do at that linebacker position, and you know he's 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 hungry. You know when you get kids that are hungry, you know you you have an opportunity to they absorb everything you're telling them because they're like a sponge. You know they want to know how do I do this, how do I do that because they want to be on the field. And I think he's done that. Cam Riley is a guy that kind of reminds me of Dansby from a size standpoint. Uh, you know. He just got to continue to keep bucking up a little bit, you know, because he's going to have to in that 34 defense. Sometimes you got to go against those left tackles, those right tackles. And and sometimes you're involved in the pass rush. Sometimes you have to drop back off in coverage, which is what Dansby was really good at and right. uh, was getting back off in coverage and trying to throw a 6-4 guy off in the flat. You know, it's not as easy. And I think the more that he understands drop zones, the more he understands how to have a rush move like Derrick Hall had. You know, you have your move that you go to to create pressure on the quarterback. I think uh, he's a he's another one. I, I also, you know, outside of those three guys, I'm thinking Keldrick Falk. You know, Keldrick Falk, our big time signee this year. You know, Keldrick sure. is a guy that uh, you can line him up at the end position. You can line him up in in that Jack linebacker position in 34 defense as well. And he's the guy that's going to gain valuable experience. But he has the size of an SEC player already. Some of these guys come in built like SEC players. I haven't seen that in the last three years. And he's one yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the three freshmen in particular, you already mentioned Connor Liu, then Keldrick Falk and Kane Lee. It's like, you're going to tell me all these guys are true freshmen. That's like, I'd be like, no way. There's no way. Right. And they're all true freshmen. Like you said, like all of them. Yep. They was able to enroll in January. That's the good thing about if a kid can graduate in December, you know, yeah, you hate they missed their prom, but man, who knows? They may still go back and go to their prom. I would, you know, I would go back and go to my prom, but sure. You know, um, but they get a chance to get here early because these are guys that you expect to play early and they need that, that valuable experience in the springtime. It's very rare that a true freshman can come out of high school, graduates in May, enroll in June and ready to go as soon as September gets here. That's tough. You know, but yeah. if you got them all through spring in January, it's more likely that kid's going to be well-prepared and ready to play. And he's not going to play much like a freshman because he's had a chance to make freshman mistake, mistakes a lot through spring ball. Yeah, no question about it. And, I mean, there's still going to be some talented guys coming in, though. I mean, Jeremiah Cobb is certainly uh -huh. a guy that, that a lot of people are excited about. And I assume he'll enroll sometime in the coming weeks uh, to be here in time for summer workouts and all of that. But, um, you know, your expectations for, I guess, Jeremiah Cobb being kind of a guy that's getting here a little bit later and then the rest of the running back room. Yeah, Jeremiah Cobb out of Montgomery. Uh, you know, highly touted running back. Um, you know, great kid. Going to come in, hard worker. Like I said, Lack loves him. Uh, I think he's going to fit our locker, fit our locker room, and fit the running back room. That's the one thing about that running back room; they hold each other accountable. You know, you, you get Brian Batty, uh, Brian Batty in the uh, transfer portal from from South Florida. You know, a guy that's a, a speedster. That you know, one thing about him, he can use him at kick return, a punt return. Him. Then he's your running back that comes in and, and spring out a screen play or out in the flat. You get the, get him the ball in the open space. He just makes guys miss. And then, do you, you have know, a comp for him? For Brian Batty, would you compare him to anybody? Uh, I guess if I have to think, you know, back in my NFL, on the spot. Yeah, yeah, back in my NFL days, I would probably go with, um, you know what? I know a guy. He played at Auburn. You know, your everyone remember Caleb. Caleb, you know, he's mm -hmm. not as Ontario. tall as Caleb. Yeah, Ontario, but he's quick like Ontario. You know, he, mm -hmm. he's in and out of the hole. But I was going to say Darren Sproles because of his height. You know, Darren Sproles was a guy that was really quick. He was a low-gravity guy. And, 
if it, once he gets in the hole, the reason this guy could have a special year, exactly because once Brian gets through the hole, as a linebacker, you can't see him initially because the offensive line is big and he's a smaller bat. Yeah. But then all of a sudden he's on you and it's too late because he's that fast. And uh, I think that what makes him special. And it was going to be a great punch between Jarquez, Damari Austin, who's another really good player out of Woodward, you know, that was here last year. And now going to sure. be playing a bigger role. And then you miss Brian in there. It's going to take a little pressure off Jeremiah where you don't have to play him as soon. But Jeremiah's a thumper, though, man. Like, this running back room is deep right now. And I think it's bringing a lot of excitement. It's crazy how deep it is. And – your best running back from a year ago got drafted this past weekend. I mean, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's they we're getting back to stacking that room with running backs. You know, for years it was that way. You know, you go from Cadillac and Ronnie to, you know, Kenny Irons and and uh, you know, you got some other guys. Do you ever look back and late. realize like, oh man, I was really spoiled to be able to hand it off to those guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I say this to be able to hand it off to them. And uh, and everything like Ronnie, I would say he's like, man, we didn't understand how good we had it, you know. But you being a consistent passer, sure. He said because when he got in the NFL, he like you didn't have a consistent passer, man. People just stocked the box, and they just it, it wasn't much you can do. And he was just like, you know, just looking at it now, how we played those LSU teams and they blitz and different things. We was able to hit Courtney Taylor and some of those other guys. He like it makes defenses not put eight people in the box, but they now have to respect our receivers. They have to respect my arm talent and uh and everything. So I think that's what'll help Jarquism because Jarquism, they're gonna be really good this year running the football. Now the question is from a quarterback perspective, can we be good enough and consistent enough in the passing game to to get that eighth man out of the box, you know, to make them right. respect our passing game? Yeah, and can that Hugh Freeze Philip Montgomery offense, how much can that help? with that right i mean that that's going right. to be huge oh yeah it's going to be definitely huge because you know coach montgomery loves big receivers you know Hugh freeze love big receivers and, right and his offense you've seen guys do really well especially when when coach freeze was at old miss you know they, they was one of the most consistent offenses in, in college football and when you think about the aspect of adding that that passing game until with our running game like this the offense can be very, very dynamic. So it's just a matter of, like I said, getting consistent play at the quarterback position, getting that figured out. I think you get that figured out. Who knows? It's guys the limit for this team. You, you really, you really just take it on a weekly basis because I don't see anybody on the schedule. Yes, Georgia and Bama, they come to Auburn though. You know, yes, you go to LSU, you go to Texas and then you go to Arkansas. Sure. But no team really just scares you a whole lot because a lot of these teams lost a lot of guys. Now, if we can just get consistency in the key position, like you, you give yourself a chance in every game. Which is great, which is exactly what you want. And so there's just so many different areas of this team where you can be like, yes, that's that's a strength. And I think, interestingly enough, offensive line and running backs there. We'll see what happens you know, when quarterback falls where it needs to. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we talked about the D-line and linebackers and the defensive backfield certainly looks good. DJ James continues to be um, – I mean, I've said he's the best returning corner in the SEC. That's gotten some pushback publicly, but I mean, I, I just think I think DJ James is going to be um, absolutely incredible this season, Jason. Yeah, DJ has a, a name. I mean, a knack for the ball. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's returning. You know, he wanted to buck up a little bit more, get a little bit more understanding, and I think you know with his knowledge of the game and having that valuable experience, I think it's going to help him out a lot. And the guy that we're going to bring on here soon is going to be able to tell us, you know, which some of the DBs in practice that yeah. would look, 
you know, has looked well and who has challenged him a little bit. You know, I, I, you know, he's going to be one of our up and coming star receivers and uh, and everything. So he'll be able to tell us a little bit more about what what goes on on that practice field from a competition level. But I'm excited to see what this DB group does as a unit. You know, Nehemiah Pritchett, the senior that came back as well, mm-hmm. you know, on the opposite side of DJ. And then you add in Kyan Lee, you add in J.D. Rims, uh, another talented, talented uh, DB that couldn't participate in the spring because of injury. Uh, I think we're really well at the corner position. I think from a safety standpoint, you know, we can still use a little bit more help there, but they moved Jalen Simpson to safety. You know, you also have Zion Puckett and uh and everything so you have those guys back there uh as well so you know we'll 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 see what happens uh going into the fall but there's a lot of depth though zach there's a lot of depth mm-hmm. on this football team but let's not wait any longer though i want to hear yes. from this guy here i want to bring this guy in he talks so much no ass no i just joke he want he's one of our guys that uh he's a silent assassin man he just uh goes about his business and he switched from 17 which kind of hurt me a little bit yeah, he switched from 17. He wanted to go to number four. He wants a single-digit number, so I guess he thinks it makes him look slimmer. So I'm about, I'm about to find out why. So, people, everyone we've been talking about, Camden Brown, we're about to bring to the show, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Camden, what's going on with you? Hey, Camden. Great. How you doing? I'm doing good. I got my man, Zach Blackberry, on here. And, uh, you know, Zach does Locked On blogging at Auburn. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure you probably been on this show or you will be at some point but uh hey man thanks for coming on taking the time out this morning how's yes, everything sir. going everything blessed um i'm back home in florida getting work in just got done working out um really really trying to get back healthy so yeah i'm yeah so I'm Ken, why, why did you switch from 17 to number four Let's talk about this. I had to go, go ahead back, to, go back to my high school days. <laughs> <laughs> my high school days, I had on um, number four. And, like, I mean, I just lived up upon it. But yeah. I love I love 17 because it was it was different. I probably, if I was at quarterback, I probably would have had 17 like Jason Calvin. <laughs> right. right. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate yeah. repping it for one year, though. You know, I appreciate it. Yeah. Camden, is it true that when you switch from a, a double-digit number to a single-digit number that you actually get faster? Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no, I say – I really say – I don't know, but I ain't gonna lie, it's free time. I look kind of fast. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm like, who is that out there? I'm like, oh, yeah, Camden changed his number. That's right. That's right. I look faster than usual. Do you I ever ask that, Tank for number four? Do you ever cross your mind to ask Tank for it? Just, just no, I, I, actually, I actually asked him. I was like, I was like, man, I ain't gonna lie. After the season, we all know you're going to the NFL. You're gonna do big, but I need that four. <laughs> <laughs> so what you saying seventeen was on bystander until number four got available? That yeah, was I was just saying. trying to make uh, seventeen a legacy. <laughs> Hey, I hear, I, I hear you though. Know, number four is number four is a big one too. My boy uh-huh. Junior Rose Green, he's from the Florida area. Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Junior Rose yeah. Green, you know Junior was a thumper on defense. Yeah, now, that boy, and, uh, a legend of boom right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know. But hey, talk about this though. You know, spring. You know, Coach mm-hmm. Freeze offense. I know it's a big receiver. You got to enjoy it. I know last year in in the in the old offense, right? Sometimes things can feel a little slow. You know, because you're in this college game now where you're trying to get off so many plays. But mm-hmm. Coach Freeze does it where there's a tempo, but it's not super fast, but it's a good right. tempo 
but it keeps you involved in the game. I think that really fits what you do. And I think that's why you was able to look faster in the spring because this system fits more of your style. Right. Talk about talk about the fit of this offense uh, for you guys and the receivers. Uh, like I said, um, this fit is basically going to help us change. Like this whole system is going to help us change the narrative around everything. So the way how everything is fast, everything is tempo, I feel like everybody in the receiver room actually fits in with this, this fast tempo, everybody going fast. Because it was times last year where in Georgia we was going really, really, really fast, and we mm-hmm. was making very, very much um, processing. And we was doing very, very good. But when we slowed down, like we got time to hit them. We got time to see them boys take a breather in. And it was just it. But I say this, this offense um, helps all the receivers um, as of right now. And I ain't going to lie, we, we, we coming. We all yeah. coming together for sure. Yeah. Camden, has the mentality for you been different? I mean, you were kind of the new guy last year, right? Yeah. And now you're kind of expected to be the number one option mm-hmm. in, in this offense. How, how does that kind of change how you approach things? Uh, the mentality has never changed change because that's that's just me like i'm i'm gonna put my head down and work oh uh, i never really buy into the to the no more receiver thing i just i play my role and to to just grow as a person player and really just don't really buy into all the hype so i just put my my best foot forward and just go to work every day yeah, because I, I watched a little bit of y'all in the springtime and everything. I know in the spring game we can get a chance to air it out like Coach wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. the weather is really bad. But, you know, just talk about how do you build chemistry with quarterbacks when there's like a rotation going on? Like, what do you guys do from a receiver room to prepare yourself? Is it extra reps before practice with a guy that you don't have many reps with? Is it extra mm-hmm. reps after practice? Like, what do you guys do to make sure that you're building chemistry with whomever's the starter is? Oh, uh, just – uh, a chemistry comes along with conversations. Um, so I say, just talking, just talking to them, communicating with them. Because if a quarterback cannot take communication, it's going to be like the chemistry going to be off. You know what I mean? So right. I say communication is the the biggest part. Like just during practice, you see something going on out there, and but the quarterback won't see it because uh-huh. the quarterback is only one person. So you gotta communicate that to the quarterback to tell him what's going on. And if he don't if if he not not listening, the chemistry probably fall off. You know what I mean? So sure. the chemistry is basically based off the communication part of it. And and trust. Trust come a long way with with anything. Like trusting you guys to keep everything the way how it is. Trust, like trusting every, like trusting the collective here at, on on the victory. Just trust anything, for real. So trust come a long way with um, chemistry as well. Camden, we talked about how both Coach Freeze and Coach Montgomery like bigger pass catchers, and so mm-hmm. they've got you out there. They bring in Rivaldo Fairweather. They bring in Nick Marner. All of you guys are, are are really really large human beings. So w- mm-hmm. what what has that been like? Kind of working with them and kind of developing the offense. Uh, it's it's been good because um, as you said before, me being number one receiver, 
everybody gonna look at that, look at that, but they don't know what's really coming. Like Rivado, me and Rivado work every day. We be on the judge every day. We about to go work out in a, like in a little bit, and um, in Florida because we both from Florida same area, so we about to go work out. And that's all we do is work. Nick, Nick is just Nick is Nick is a good dude. Nick gonna go up and get it. So I'm ready to see what how he gonna how he gonna grow into everything. And it's it's been a, not a lot of pressure on me because because of, of those receivers. You know what I mean? So. They wouldn't have to double team me. They wouldn't have the like game plan for me when you got other threats like Rivaldo, Coy, Bar, keep naming Nick, keep naming them. So it's not really, it's not really about the big receivers at this point because it's it's all type of threats on the field right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always joke about you guys having a basketball team and who would be the best player because you got. Luke Deal, who sits sits. You got yeah. you know Fairweather, who sits sits. You got yourself, who sits three and a half, sits four. You uh-huh. got you know Nick, who sits sits, and then you got Javarius, you know, who's your little point guard, your little Kyrie Irving. You know, you, you got those <laughs> guys. Like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out, like, man, who yeah. would be the best basketball player out of all you Giants best, out there, man? Out of all of us, I say the best basketball player would probably be. Um, it would be Rivado, cause that boy, that boy be that mm. boy be ducking that thing, and then it would probably be um, TJ. TJ. TJ got a scrap. That boy be shooting that yeah. thing. But me, Jalen, Jalen Septa can play too, can he? Yeah, nah, Jalen. He be he be he be going crazy too. Whenever we go play basketball, so it'd yeah. be a, it'd be a good list session for real. So y'all go to the student act every now and then and play. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that comes with chemistry as well. All right, yeah, doing yeah. stuff away from the field, man, was important. I know back when we was playing, you know, we used to go out and eat wings together. Uh, mm-hmm. We used to go out and, uh, like I said, we used to go to the student act sometimes to do things together, uh, play a little pickup game. But we always told the guy, like, "Hey, man, I know y'all playing against the football players, and y'all want to act like y'all heroes, but yeah, don't try smart. to take nobody out out here. Let's just be smart yeah. because you're having fun." Uh, so that aspect of it. But talk about, I'm excited, man, to see you guys in the red zone this year because you look to the right, you got Camden, or look to mm. the left, you got Camden. You look to the right, you got Nick, and then, like I said, you got Coy and those other guys. But then you got Fairweather in the middle that come neutralize the safety and the linebacker, so you can't just double team the outside because now you got this big tight end in the middle that you got to be concerned about. How excited are you guys about the red zone jump ball opportunities? Because I call them, they got to come. because Everybody does it. And even in the NFL, there's no secret. You know, it's all about you look across mm-hmm. as a matchup. Hey, let's throw the ball up and give our guy a shot because you're going to have those one-on-one opportunities. How, how excited are y'all about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like, last year, you probably you saw, probably saw like, probably one to two day balls. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a save ball, which is a blessing. I show what yeah. I can do. But that's that's gonna be a good that's gonna be that's gonna be good and very exciting excitement to Jordan Harris when everybody going crazy. Oh, he just balled on him. Camden, if you moss somebody in the corner of the end zone, <laughs> just absolutely moss someone in Jordan Hare Stadium and it goes crazy. Will you tar- will you start talking smack then or will you just kind of walk away and just you know, make them feel super small. Nah, I, it really depends on the moment. Like last year against Arkansas, I was I was probably about to spike the ball down. But I was like, no, nah, I'm tripping. We ain't gonna get too crazy. But me as a person, like 
me as a person, like when I'm just talking to you guys, I'm I'm, I'm just a laid back person. When I'm on the field, everything changes. Like I get the talking, I get the like this ball is mine. We got a mm. family to feed for real. So like, if I born somebody in the corner, a joint hand, I probably gotta spike the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell her he's too small or so. It's gonna be crazy. Though. It's gonna be one to remember. I know. Are y'all gonna do the, the top thing where y'all say, "Hey, that's another staff." Say you too little, or y'all gonna do the, no, probably, the hand the baby to sleep. I was gonna rock the baby to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So y'all Russell Westbrook out there now. You rocking the yeah. baby to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yo, know, hey, hey Zach, we're gonna look forward to that. No doubt. Now, if you get no a 15 doubt. yard penalty, it's not on Zach and me. No, no, that's that's <laughs> you guys. I got to run stadiums the next day. That's not me. Because <laughs> Freeze want us to celebrate. He want us to have fun. Yeah. That's that's what I love about him. Because a, a, a regular head coach would probably like, just be like, no, nah, you can't do that. You being too cocky. But he uh-huh. actually let us bring out our, uh-huh. our, um, our, like our, um, ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that really – Brings a part of it, like you can't be yourself on a football field. It's like, dang, you probably won't have, you probably won't never get the team that you want. Right, Camden. Who's the best smack talker on the team? Best smack talker? Uh, probably, probably me. I probably, <laughs> 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 I probably get to talking smack sometimes, but I'd be laid back a lot though. Um, I believe it too. I believe he's probably a big smack talk cause I'll tell you every Florida boy I play with, man, <laughs> with Joe Walkers, the Junior Rose Green, like you know, Jairus McIntyre, like yeah. even Jacoby Ford when I was in uh Oakland with the Raiders and Lewis Murphy, who was from Florida when, when I had him in the Raiders, they always talking. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, can I put you on mute for a second? Like, yeah, just give me five minutes, man. Yeah, just hold like, on. Yeah, I'm gonna nah. try to explain something to them. They still talking. One person you should you need to really put on mute is uh Jeremiah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let him get the going. He get the going, boy. You probably won't hear the end of it. I promise yeah. you won't hear the end of that one. Yeah, I saw him skipping all around the the spring game, going from sideline to sideline, just talking. I said, I thought he was injured. Man, that's him. <laughs> that's all him right there. Like I just said, Coach Freeze loved that. He loved yeah. the energy that Jeremiah brings out. And Jeremiah, he going to play a real, real big role to all this. Yeah. I can't wait to see him get to going that far. So, yeah. Who's the best DB right now in the spring? What's, let's rephrase the question. Okay. Who are the two guys in the spring that has stepped up that everyone expects to be there? But who is the one guy that people probably don't know that much about that they need to pay attention to? Hmm, yeah. Uh I say DJ and Nehemiah, but one that really shocked me the most that I didn't expect at all is Kane Lee. Mm. Man, that's the future. But yeah. I ain't gonna say the future. That's now, right now, from my eyes. He yeah. he, that guy. He's gonna be that guy for sure. Oh, that dude's like, footwork is crazy. Yeah, for him like to be how, as young as he is, patient he be. He be yeah. very very patient, and like you gotta you gotta go now. And I learned that I learned that like off the first time I went again. I said mm-hmm. I can't play with him. I gotta go now, and that's just mm-hmm. how it was. DJ James came a long long way. Me yeah. and him, me and him went out there all spring. 
he got me the first day. I had to, I had to come back with with some more heat. <laughs> I had to come back with some more heat. He got me the first day of spring. I had to come back with some more heat. Nehemiah, Nehemiah came a long way. I I love everything about Nehemiah. His mindset. I love everything mm. about DJ KN. Uh, Simp Simp coming a long way with him. Um, adjusting to the to the safety part of it. Yeah. And I and I love him at safety. Yeah. Um. But the biggest person I'm ready to really see is um I really see how um Terrence Love the freshman gonna come in and do do some mm-hmm. stuff. I love how Caleb Caleb um Caleb Wooden been coming along as well. Yeah. Um, he been he been growing as a person too. So I'm ready to see how all, the whole DB room shape. Yeah, they seem pretty stacked. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of competition, and that's everywhere. Mm. Fall camp is gonna be a lot of competition. I'm 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 here for it. I'm I'm ready to work. Can you tell us a little bit about? Tell us a little bit about Justin Rogers. You know what he's meant coming over from Kentucky, his experience, and uh, yeah, one of the leaders on the football team. Man, that's a dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's a dog. (laughs) He 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 is seeing that arm on you, boy. I know, (laughs) boy. That's a dog right now. Oh, I can't wait. The biggest matchup, I can't wait to see him and Jeremiah go against each other. Yeah, I like yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah. That's my boy. I like Jeremiah. <laughs> okay. So that's the that's that's the biggest competition I really I'm really, really ready to see for sure. What about what about Keldrick Falk? I mean, that kid does not Ooh. look like a freshman. Mm. No, that that's the one five star that actually live up to the five star standards. Yeah. From from my aspect, because I was a three star and I looked at some people like, is this a really a five star? Mm-hmm. But he really lived up to the five star standards, and I and I look and I love him as a person. Um, yeah, me and him like right, we on locker buddies, so we always have a good conversation. Oh, uh, he he gonna be a good um, biggest part of this um this journey this year. So I'm ready to see how see how he get to going. That's what's up, man. Well, uh, talk about Coach Montgomery a little bit. You know, we know about Coach Freeze, but Coach yeah. Montgomery is the, uh, you know, tell people a little bit about, you know, his personality and how mm-hmm. he is with, with you guys. Uh, Coach Montgomery, laid, laid, real laid back. But once he get the coaching, he, he get the coaching. And he's a he's a great coach. I learned uh, a few things. I learned a few things um, from him with um, mm-hmm. with everything, like just um, – Getting being being more faster to the ball, and I just learned a lot of his um the way how he the way how he carry himself with like with like um the signals and stuff like, but you gotta listen listen to the whole signal because it probably be more, and I learned that about him as well, and I love him as I love him as a person. We always have good conversation for sure. Camden, when you look at just this offense in in general, like. It's hard not to get excited about Jarquez Hunter and the type of season that he could possibly have this year. What are you expecting from him? Oh, uh, I'm I'm expecting big, big things from him. But a lot of people don't know Demari Austin. We got <laughs> we got hella good running back. Yeah. Y'all y'all focus on one running back. I'm I'm focused on three that's coming at you. It's three coming at you. Sean, Batty, Demari. No, it's four. Jacquez, it's four. The big four. Them boys are all gonna talk that rock. This year. Jeremiah Cobb's coming too. 
Oh yeah, I'm. I I haven't really like sat down and watched um watch yeah. Jeremiah Kong, but I have heard a lot of good good things about him, and I can't wait to see how he developed too. But the running back room shape shaped like butter. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's uh, I'm ready for. I'm ready to see them boys rock, and I'm just I'm like I'm ready. I'm ready to see Demar Demari go crazy. Oh, Jaquez go crazy. I want to see him jump over first again. You know what they're going to say, though, right? <laughs> what are they going to say? They're going to say, is my receiver, Camden Brown, a pancake blocker? Cool. Down the field. I, yeah, do my, I play my when role. You, when you see that safety coming over there, you, you in that run game, you're going to give him that smash block the screen, Jaquez, for another 40. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I play my role. You got this is the biggest part of playing football. Play your role. Do your job. I'm going to block for my brother now. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So when you get a big block, how does that alter your strategy regarding the <laughs> smack talk? No, nah, I ain't going to smack talk. So you only yeah, talk trash when you when you catch stuff, not yeah. when you lay down the law. Okay, got it. Because I think I, did, I hit a couple times, but Tank ran off the back <laughs> last year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. Like, Tank ran down, they put me at, like, the little, little tight end thing. I set the wall. Man, that dude was big, man. <laughs> dude was big. But no, nah, he was not. Nah. But after, after I knew that, I was like, man. After I looked up, because I got put on the ground, I looked up, I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought I thought he ran into me. But no, nah, I my biggest my biggest blocks was this year. And I had never really blocked as much, so yeah. but I really enjoyed That's about to change now though. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's about to change. And That's talking how about I actually sat there and watched me learn how to play my role. Mm. And that came the biggest part this year for real. <laughs> and uh before we let you get out of here, because I got a mm. couple of rapid fire questions, I gotta ask you an NIL question. But before that though, everyone wants to know. You know, I know you got Robbie and you got Holden out there, mm. you know, everyone's still trying to figure out what's gonna happen with TJ um and everything. But we've seen TJ play, we've seen mm. Robbie play. A lot of people haven't seen Holden play. Can you tell us a little bit about what you see in Holden Garner? Uh, Holden is a is a is a good kid. He liked the golf a lot, <laughs> but yeah. uh, he a, he a good he a good dude. Um, great person, real great person to talk to. Worth hit worth ethic up there. Just with me, like just like yeah. me. That's why I can relate to him a lot. Um, he he loved the work. He probably he probably be in the facility back back in Auburn right now, just working. Mm. But yeah. I love I love his work. I love the way how he um process things. But I can't wait to see him grow. I can't wait to see him grow. And this spring he took a big role of the and just growing and taking a lot of coaching. So I can't wait to see how it all scribes out. Cool, cool. Zach, you got anything off of that? No, I, I'm excited to hear him talk about NIL. And then if if you ask him the same questions we heard earlier, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the food questions. All right, so uh, Camden, everyone knows NIL has changed the format in uh, college mm. sports and everything. Uh, can you just let the subscribers and, and all the Auburn people know, like, you know, what NIL has meant for you and what it's meant for, like, your teammates and, you know, all the hard work to go into you guys, right. uh, you know, earning your name, image, and likeness? Uh, I say, I say uh, NIL is all about, it's all about your, your value and how you bring an asset to the team. And also, I, I just love how how NIL has brought for me and my family as um as a whole it brought my family like 
like more opportunities like going on vacations like this summer mm-hmm. like helping them out sometimes because sometimes i'll be wanting to, like mother's day coming up mm-hmm. i want to get some for my on my mother because she deserves a lot um yeah. just just doing a lot of stuff for my family and like um if anybody ever like need anything i, I like i i like come come in clutch for them because i feel like if i needed something you probably they'll do it for me with like mm-hmm. no question no question about it so i'm really family guy like i'm really family guy and that little really like got on uh, nil really brought upon me a lot yeah so, yeah no doubt man like i said you guys have to juggle you know school work and, mm-hmm. and practice and everything you got to work on your craft so that you can be a, a you know a great teammate and a great player when you play so a lot goes into it but we asked uh, one of the women tennis players earlier on the show a couple mm-hmm. of uh, rapid fire questions. So you can, I'm gonna ask you rapid fire that you can give me short answers and have fun with it. And then we'll let you on out of here and get back to that field and do what you do best. So, yeah. uh, all right, man. So the night before a big competition game, what's your go-to food? My my go-to food, um, a orange. Uh, orange? Yeah. That's all you eat, an orange. Yeah, a go, like uh, like a, a go to stat like to the room. Yeah, like the night before a big competition, like what do you want to eat? Like is it wings? Is it pasta? Is it a steak? Oh, pasta, it, uh, pasta, 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 pasta. Okay, I can say pasta. orange. Right? You run out a few fumes. <laughs> You're gonna run out of gas at halftime, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So, what's the one receiver you uh you know looked up like growing up that you kind of want to be like or you know you like their game and you want to tailor your game after uh chad johnson okay yeah Ocho Cinco. yeah all right so what's your favorite place to eat at in auburn uh penny george i eat that every day <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's something new every day it seems like my grandma cooking for me yeah yeah all right, give me one word that describes you. Uh, humble. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we got one more for you then. What is your favorite Auburn tradition? Uh, tiger walk. Tiger walk. Yeah, tiger walk. Yeah, yeah. I like. Right, Why well, lie? I got one more, and that's it. All right. What do you look forward to this season? Uh, daddy. Huh? A natty, like oh, natty. Hey, <laughs> let's go. There you go. There you go. Confidence, yeah. confidence. That's what I'm talking about. All right, again, we appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Uh, we really do. Like I said, nil. Like I said, it's done a lot, but you know, you guys also, man, y'all work your butts off and uh, doing everything you can to get this program back to new heights. I know you're excited about the new coaching staff. I know you're excited about the new opportunities. Your coach, Marcus Davis, who played at Auburn himself, you know, can relate to you guys and kind of tell you guys what to expect and then how to do things. So I just think the, the, the stars, man, are shining. I just think it's a great opportunity and it's a great time to be an Auburn Tiger, man. I really think that you're in a prime position for your career to take off under Coach Freeze and Coach Montgomery's offense that, uh, you know, the draft just happened. And, you know, a year from now, two years from now, hopefully we'll see your name in the draft being called because we think you're just that dynamic of a player. So uh, continue to keep working, man. Continue to be a leader in that locker room. Continue to get those guys around you to work extremely hard. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all right. have a blessed one. All right. Where are you, brother? All right. Where are you? 
War Eagle, everyone! College athletics is changing, and the Auburn family will respond. On to victory is the NIL collective of the Auburn Tigers, and they're leading the way. I encourage everyone to go to ontovictory.com. Hey, Auburn family, let's continue to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these student athletes. War Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs>